0: You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show.
1: Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara
2: of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your Let's hosts, go. Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you.
1: And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least
2: expect it. From the kickoff. And yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I am your host, Ian. With me today, we have Harrison, Teen Wolf Crow, and Kieran, Canadian, Teen Wolf Doyle. How's it going, fellas? Well, Teen Wolf? Teen Wolf, yeah.
0: Teen Wolf, like the show. And okay. Hit movie like, whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. This is how I know how old you are. You said, like the show. Yeah. I would
0: never... <laughs> Um, is there a movie so, as well that i should know about there
1: there, there are two there are two phenomenal movies which you should know of course michael j fox played one and then jason bateman played a number two so i mean i'm kind of offended right now but i'm gonna let this go because wow. uh number one you're adorable and number two uh you know we just for the sake of like keeping this show good and, and healthy
2: and just the vibes i don't want to keep that i don't that negativity in you yeah know? yeah yeah i mean that was our team wolf segment which we'll be doing each and every week uh we'll <laughs> be back and talk about our talk about team wolf for a minute and a half uh nice. i don't uh our friend mike gave me this uh college football podcast and he was like but you have to understand it's not about college football and i was like sure and i listened to it and like they really didn't talk about college football at all and i was like briefly jealous like why can't i just sit here at the american soccer analysis show and be like Well, what about video games, y'all? What about movies? Uh, So maybe. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, do do you have do you have something that like have you watched anything from this year?
2: Like anything? Yeah. No, I I don't. I haven't watched any movies from this year. Actually, I don't think. Um, Can I can I plug can I
0: plug a TV show for like twenty seconds?
2: Yeah, do it. I have been
0: watching this show on Netflix called Mo, and it is about a Palestinian man in Houston. Oh, and yeah, his, yeah. he's he's trying to become American and his family and all this stuff. It is. I was expecting this very lighthearted, comedic show, and it is very funny. But it is also like extremely emotional, and I would highly recommend it to anyone looking for something to watch. There this you is.
1: Uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie. That is totally in my uh, uh, watch uh, list, and uh, I like my watch list is like 200 like different pieces of media long uh with every like conceivable trap show that you could possibly watch but that it did look really good but it also scared me away because i thought i would literally cry through like at least half of it um it definitely looked uh like it would pull on the heartstrings but it looks very
2: funny at the same time
0: all right there are definitely some some jerker moments i will not will not deny that
2: yeah you know, doing it now, I feel really uncomfortable talking about things that aren't soccer. Um, so this is what I asked for, and this is what I get. Never get what you wish for. Um, anyway, uh, let's, I guess all three of us are sitting here now, having been officially eliminated from Major League Soccer contention on our favorite teams. Um, Harrison, uh, who's, what? Who, who do you, who, yeah, is, I is, know. Excu- excuse me? Yeah. Uh. Uh,
1: no i don't i don't think that's that's factually we both know i've been a cincinnati fan for like
2: years <laughs> well that's, that's, what okay, gonna, that's, that's what i was that's what i was going to ask you is like who is your uh who's your current now that your team has been eliminated harrison who who are you rooting for at this point what's your rooting interest in the rest of the season oh
1: chaos like 100 percent chaos like honestly watching philly just get absolutely just like destroyed by charlotte this weekend like there's so many good vibes, like, and I love Philly. You know, I I really I, I like a lot of what Philly does, but just for them to be completely confounded, uh, this weekend was was just so shocking, and at the same time really enjoyable. Like it just it was really cool to see this team that's so well put together, so uh, really they they have strong ideas and, and execution and it's a team uh oriented and they just it was a team oriented effort all right they they just team effort team oriented loss <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was, it was yeah. not great and uh you know it it was great to see Daniel Rios score you know four goals
2: yeah maximum chaos there for sure uh Kieran I think you said that you're an FC Dallas fan this year
0: yeah i mean so first off the charlotte thing the best part of the charlotte thing is that because they unexpectedly beat philadelphia their rescheduled game from six weeks ago against Columbus, I think, which is going to be replayed from the nineteenth minute, and everyone has to be the same, except you're unless you're injured and then you can't play. And there's like people who have been traded since then. All of those things mean that game really matters now, like a lot for both of those teams. So that's really fun. Um, I am rooting for Vancouver to make the playoffs still because they're my mm-hmm. my uh, Canadian brethren. Uh and then yeah, probably probably Dallas. Probably Dallas are the one that I'm I'm hoping for. And I'd like to see the galaxy do well. Vanny, I think, deserves it. But um, Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think I'm gonna be hitching my wagon to um Montreal perhaps, just because wild, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. good chaos, uh team there. Uh I also kinda wanna you know, the I feel like the Red Bulls have been bantered long enough, you know, it wouldn't bother me to see them go. I, I doubt they, you know. Uh, Cincinnati is a team I've really grown to actually like, uh, this year, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm, I think if I had to to place, you know, maybe I'll be, to make up for not knowing your team's name or ever talking about you, Montreal, I am in your corner club. I do do want to bring something up real fast. Yeah.
1: Uh, we all picked, uh, opposite conferences from our team is that is that because it's harder to root for for a team within your conference that you kind of already you know you already kind of have established things against? i would say so
2: i think yeah yeah i think there's less i have less like ill feelings towards montreal and the red bulls and like i don't know inner miami like they're fine (laughs) Uh, that i do against like portland and the galaxy and the lafcs of the world for sure for sure and that so way it's who, not it's not exactly cheating you know it's just kind of uh you know just getting out there a little bit seeing what's going on it's the
1: area code rule okay who
0: who are we rooting against
2: portland Ooh. uh
1: no For 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 drew not here to defend himself him uh, and maddie
2: yeah i mean portland definitely would be a bummer for a number of reasons i think um Columbus. I wouldn't say rooting, I wouldn't say I'm rooting against Austin uh, just because I don't actually care if they win. Like I mean, that'd be fine. Uh, but it would mean that I've been wrong this whole time and they've been right, and that would make me personally upset. Uh, it'd be really hard to like argue that they've overperformed if they go on and win M- I mean, it doesn't matter. we I don't. It.
1: I don't think that's true.
2: Yeah, it doesn't change it's, things, but it does, does change it, the playoffs. Me, is a, the play. We've talked about this time and time again. Playoffs
1: is a different system.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's it a different
1: season it's a different like a you have different players that are healthy at this point in time b yeah. you have different uh you only have the the games ahead of you that you have to play so mm-hmm. you only have good matchups or you have bad matchups and it's kind of rng at that point in time you kind of you, you don't get to play every team in your in your division you, you yeah, know you don't get all of... that stuff so i mean austin had a good first season this is second season? Second season? They had a good second yeah. season. And you know what? Good for them. Um, yeah. I, I don't think, I think that there's still stuff that they need to shore up on their side of it, on on their roster. I really don't think that they should be going into next season thinking they have everything figured out. But yeah.
2: Well, and you know, especially now that it's one leg playoffs instead of the, the home and away, like it really does, um, you know, that's just maximum chaos settings. Like that's turning that all the way up to 11 where, you know, so many, like a penalty, a red card. I mean, that can just completely derail your entire, uh, you know, season really at that point. So, yeah.
0: All of that is true. But if, uh, if Austin lose, every single one of us is going to tweet that picture of like the grim reaper yeah. going down the hallway with XG comes for us all. So.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that one might go for <laughs> I might have to make that meme regardless. There we um, go yeah oh you know minnesota i don't minnesota doesn't bother me if minnesota snuck in and won that'd be fun for them you know um okay uh yeah so i don't know is there is there anybody like that uh you're kind of um do you have like a straight-up prediction karen like do you have like a like an actual this is who i think is going to be standing at the uh, left at the end of this mountain
0: like i think i i i genuinely think montreal will win will win the cup i think they're like perfectly i think their style of play is exceptionally well suited to playoff soccer and i think that wilfred nancy has like made stuff work like doyle wrote in his um his penultimate like weekend wrap-up pod of the regular week up weekend wrap-up uh Mm. article not pods, right
2: essential mls reading yeah, which
0: I definitely recommend. He talks about how he's going to vote for Wilfred Nancy for Coach of the Year, which like we'll talk about kind of awards and stuff later, not to give away too much of the rundown. Um, but he has made stuff work while missing key players all year, where Kyoto disappears uh, through injury or through international clubs or whatever, and they, they make it work. And Mason Toy has maybe not hit the way they need to, and they need to work. Georgie is injured. They make it work. And I think that plus low block counter team is like portland were them but significantly worse and made like two out of four mls cups at one point so um fairly possible
2: yeah um i have to agree i think that that would just be the most um mls outcome um and as we know um MLS is great at providing MLS outcomes more so than any other organization. So, um, yeah. Uh, Harrison, who do you think is going to win it all in the end?
1: Oh, man. I think the Montreal shout's a really good shout. I just think that they're really well put together. But aside from that, uh, if I wanted to go to the opposite direction, I think LAFC, I think Philadelphia both are really good really strong teams right now now we both know that it's (laughs) picking teams at the top of the conference is kind of foolish and so i think probably the better guess is uh dallas or minnesota at this at this juncture uh maybe cincinnati i really like cincinnati i think what cincinnati has going on right now i i'm a little mad that that you know wilford nancy's getting a lot of buzz and I'm only mad because it's rightfully so it's a, it's a perfect story. It's a great situation for him. Um, I really, uh, and we'll talk about this more, but Cincinnati has also a very good story and they also have a really good system and they really have, uh, things figured out and kind of kicking in the right time. Cincinnati uh, Cincinnati's kind of my dark horse right now to, to really take a stab at MLS cup.
2: I love it. Um, so, one of the things we've all gathered here today to discuss is not the um, minutia of our last week of MLS, although it was very exciting for a number of reasons, but the most wonderful time of the year for pundits and analysts and amateur podcasters, and um, and that's when we get to um, the end of season awards, and so we want to kind of... Um, Maybe talk about some of these races a little bit, and uh who we see coming out on top, who we personally think should win. I know there's always this conversation where uh, sometimes you know it, it's like who do we think actually should win and who do we think is going to to win um so let's uh let's start off with uh where do you guys want to start let's start with let's start with a hard one. let's start with defender of the year now. Uh, Kieran, what is a defender of the year?
0: Defender of the year is such a, <laughs> such a weird. It, it's it's such a it's such a weird award because, like, soccer more than any other sport, defender breaks down into like two very very different roles. Like center backs and fullbacks have extremely different roles and responsibilities, which I realize is a kind of like silly thing to say. Like, yeah, duh. But I, I can't remember like a single fullback winning defender of the year.
2: Never done it. It's only been center backs to my knowledge. So like I
0: look at it and I'm like, it's a tough it's a tough one to to think about in terms of predicting someone.
2: Especially because center backs don't aren't usually solo guys. Like you don't one center back does not generally carry a team, no matter how good that one center back is. You need the second guy by him usually, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, like lots of teams have tried to find the guy and hope that that it's the best. And I think I think there are certain players that are not one man defenses on their own, but are good enough that you, they can kind of be a band aid for two spots. Where I mean, it's a pretty funny turnaround, but at like one point that was Chris Mavinga, where he was so good recovering in behind that he was playing center back for two people. <laughs> um, but it is quite difficult.
1: Well, can I can I ask you something? I you, you covered fullback and <clears throat> rightfully so because you know Anton Tinnerholm should have won it last year in, in my opinion. Um, but it wasn't just it, it's not just that it's also um, it's also the defensive midfielder, right? Like absolutely. You know, Ozzie Alonso, Diego Shara, they're, these types of players, like, should be in the running for it defensively, don't you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, that gets even more, I think, granular to kind of define, and I think you're making some difficult calls for, like, center midfielders that kind of go both ways. I can understand, like, I agree with you, like, I mean, I think that most teams, like, even teams with good defenses, like, that don't have that defensive midfielder shielding, um, you know, are are lacking that. Like, I think that they are kind of are an important part of that. But not every team even really uses, like, a straight-up defensive midfielder. So, I, yeah, it, it, I think it's kind of a case-by-case thing, and it's a bit difficult to ask um, a lot of voters who, you know, I don't know. <laughs> We've seen what they've come up with over the last few years. Like, we don't know what they're seeing what they're looking at um, to kind of have, like, that nuanced of a, of, a, of a thought about, like, the role of, like, a Diego Char, for example. That sounded That's really condescending, it, and I I didn't mean to be that condescending. No, it, no, I, yeah. I I think
1: it, I think it's fair because well, here's the here's the thing, right? Is you have what four different subsets of of voters? Is that right?
2: Uh maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm thinking mainly writers, of like uh, Yeah, like of our players,
1: country. coaches.
2: Yeah.
1: Is there another one that I'm missing? I feel like there's another one, but I'm not sure what it is. I, I don't. Maybe if, I a, don't know
0: if there's a fan component. Yeah.
1: Is there I can't fan component
2: remember. now? I really hope I hope not. I hope not but yeah the fans are terrible at this
1: <laughs> Well yeah because they, they're just going to root for their their favorite <laughs> they're
2: player just And their I could just
1: yeah. tell you yeah. right now there's no one from the Seattle Saunders that should be on any of these lists right yeah. like there's no, no one from Atlanta that should be on any of these lists you know uh <clears throat> there's an argument whether or not you know you should have somebody from
2: you can get some like Austin guys or something like from that from Austin but yeah But like I think uh, yeah yeah, I think generally speaking, like, um, yeah, fans tend to and I think players do too. Like you like I, I don't think players have been of the weather of this either and I, I you know, um, because they've got a lot at stake. They've got money at stake, they've got relationships, you know, friendships, things like that that kinda transcend. They've got professional, um, you know, sort of uh, well, yeah, like Well, like it's just not like just they, they, about
1: that, though. They're not watching every game either. They're, they're, a lot of that is based on repu- uh, reputation. A lot of the, those votes yeah. are based on, hey, I know this player. I've played against this player. I know he's really good. He's the most talented player at this position. So I'm voting for him, even though he's not necessarily been the best player, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. in their minds, the best player at that position. He just maybe didn't have the best season.
0: Yeah, I, I always, true. I always like. I don't think it's super relevant when deciding defender of the year or whatever. But I always like seeing those clips of people asking strikers, and they're like, "Who was the hardest center back you played against?" And they say some like someone you weren't expecting because they're like, "He was so strong," or, or they were so smart and like impossible to to get around. It's always interesting to hear those where like in 15 years or something, Joseph Martinez is going to be sat on a beach in Venezuela. And they're going to be like, who is the best center back you played against? And he's going to be like, Jack
1: Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Francis Calvo.
0: Yeah.
2: No. <laughs> Calvo was a nightmare. He was a crazy man. <laughs> uh,
0: so um, my, my my real defender of the year question though, and, and I think this is kind of a, a broader analytics question that I have When is like we've seen, especially with making G plus and, and with a lot of the stuff we've looked at, like even trying to go through G minus, where like ultimately we put out G minus and we're like, yeah, we don't like it, but this is where we got, like, what does everybody else think? Is like how do you evaluate defenders and defending contributions analytically?
2: It's the uh it's the the third rail of analytics, isn't it? Um it's just not – there's no consensus for it as far as I can tell. Um, you know, when we talked to um, Sean Davis a couple years ago, you know, he one of the things he asked us on the show is he asked us, like, why don't we have defensive actions? Like, why don't we track things like that? And it was a tough thing to answer because the answer is just that, like, because they don't – we don't think they matter that much. Like, we see a lot of – that just kind of measures how busy you are sometimes it'll tell you that you're a good defender like you see great defenders with a lot of defensive actions like that's not unusual but sometimes you'll see some some very bad defenders with a lot of defensive actions um and so there just isn't and also i think the component we kind of discussed earlier yeah my my guy vic cabrera i think that uh and kind of what we said earlier defensive it's really hard to like pick out one player from a a four-person back line with a goalkeeper and a defensive midfielder and go like this was what you did well like you were the good defender in this whole defensive system so it almost should be given to like a pairing or maybe a a full defensive unit uh kind of like fantasy american football just like score all the defense together maybe i don't know uh but yeah that that's my take on it i don't think you can and not without player like really good player tracking and a lot of hard work for some really smart people Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I, I there a deep sigh. Yeah, I, 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 I to even take this to another step. There are d- defenders that had a, a hell of a year that probably are going to be recognized because they were on teams that maybe underperformed overall. And yeah. so it's hard to say to give it to one, I mean, you know, it's hard to say, okay, well, we're going to give it to Montreal because they had the uh, you know, they had the best added goals added against, right? Uh, you know, they The best looking team. They had the, I should say, the fewest amount of goals added against, right? So they're yeah. one of the better defensive teams in the league. But then you look at some of the players that, you know, that definitely deserve to be on there, but built uh, uh, Andre Andrea Fontenas. um Both of these guys had really good consistent years, for their respective clubs and yeah. it's
2: it, neither one of those guys is going to win defender of the year <laughs> no
1: they're not they're they're not and you know they're uh, i don't know i think there's an argument for Fontenot, but uh, i i think there's
2: not an skc player is not going to win a defender of the year I, I no
1: really but I'm, I'm i'm still going to say that there's still an argument for it um but, but that being said they both had really strong years and it's unfortunate that when you say, well, we're just going to give it to a team or a unit, it does minimize, you know, these players that played out of there, that that played yeah. really uh, above the rest of their team and kept their team in those opportunities. You know, T- uh, Tulioma is one of those players that definitely has helped keep Portland in the thick of uh, of the playoff hunt, right? Um, yeah fontness uh like i don't i don't know man i i i thought that he's been really good in several games that i've watched and it's i don't know there is it...
2: there is no player that g plus loves more that baffles me than andrew fontos <laughs> like, so what well, he he he, this guy.
0: he pops every year yeah. as like one of the five best center backs in the league and i think the interesting thing to kind of like go behind the curtain of G plus when we're talking about defenders is like, Doesn't make the, sense. well, there's that, that's part of it is like, okay, how many, how many mistakes do you make in terms of like whiffed interceptions and penalties given away, which is just a huge, huge, huge chunk of it. But part of why that's such a huge chunk of it is that if you look at the top defender by G plus compared to the average center back, so Bill two is the best center back by G plus as of right now, At like three and a half goals added. That's like 50% of the best player in the league. So these like little things where it's like you missed an interception, you gave away a penalty, you got stripped by a striker for a breakaway, these things that are like minus 0.3 goals added, like that's 10% of your year gone, wiped. So I think it's really hard. Like, I think one, we have to be mindful of the the magnitude of these things. And then the other is that, again, when we're looking at center backs, like a lot of, like really all of the center back value comes from interrupting and passing, which is how many clearances did you clear? And how much did you move the ball forward? Slash how many times did you give it away? And so you look at like Jack Elliott, who's like the sixth best center back by G plus, and he's like plus two goals added his interrupting alone is higher than his total goals added right so it's it's really hard i think to evaluate center backs and this is where i i go to the thing about fullbacks is like i think g plus is actually really good at evaluating fullbacks because i think fullback defensive contributions are 1v1 much more often it's much less about tracking runners or 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 keeping a good line, or screening people, it's like, did I get dribbled past by this guy much more often, not all the time. And they are, like, tasked with moving the ball forward or carrying the ball forward or getting into the box of the back post or crossing to people or passing into the box, whatever, where, like, expected goals and expected assists are much clearer and, like, the, the offensive asks are much clearer. So it's always surprised me that, like, I don't know, like peak Kamar Lawrence or something. Or like even, yeah, like Tanner Home last year. Never, I've never won it. And I'm like I look at the fullback list this year and I'm like, no, none of them should have won it. I don't think any of these guys are that good. You don't think Claudio Bravo is, is there? No, the one fullback who stands out to me, like Hollingshead stands out, but I don't think he's played enough. Like, I don't think 2,000 minutes is enough. And Gutman has has the same minutes problem, but Atlanta sucked. But he's been really, really good. Just Atlanta have
2: that's yeah. fair. All right, so um, I um, I'll tell you my guy. I've picked my guy, and uh, why don't we we can just all go around the room here and we can we can share a guy, our ultimate guy. Um, and this should come as no surprise to listeners of this show, uh, or probably Harrison, who knows <laughs> my my admiration and love of this guy. But um, you know, I'm I'm taking I'm taking Jackie Elliott. Yeah, and yeah, nice.
1: uh, I could have predicted that.
2: Uh, but like,
1: is, but is there anything specifically mean? that stands out to, uh, like, in, in terms of like very tall? No, he
2: is. Of, like, no, uh, he is uh, yeah, I mean, he, like, uh, like, like, uh Cameron pointed out. Like, if you look at the actual interrupting, uh, G plus, like, he's the highest at bat. Um, he's a good rank overall. He's on a very good defense on a very good team, and uh, yeah, I can't, I can't justify anybody else over him.
0: I think that's fair. And I think like he's a like an actual center back. Like he's not worried about opening play and the way Philly play. Like their center backs aren't asked to do a tremendous amount of progressive stuff. Like it's defend, get your head on set pieces. And I think he's
2: pretty legit. All right, Karen, who's your guy?
0: Um, I debated over this kind of over the course of the day, and my like left field pick, if he hadn't left halfway through the year was Mamadou Fall. Yeah, um, but he did, so it can't be him. Um, and I would pick Walker Zimmerman if he hasn't hadn't won it twice in a row. I think he's won it twice in a row before this. Yeah, and I think he's the bar probably,
2: he might win again this year. He <laughs> he might, but I think the bar to win it
0: three times is quite high. Yeah. So uh, my guess is Matt Hedges at Dallas. Matt I think, Hedges
2: at Dallas. I didn't even have on yeah. my list.
0: I th- I think like Dallas have been really solid, and I think. Nobody else on their team has been quite good enough to win anything, but I think he's like a experienced head in a very young team, and I think like they've gotten enough plaudits that people be like, oh, I like Matt Hedges.
2: People do love Matt Hedges. All right, Harrison, who's your guy? I like Matt Hedges too. Uh,
1: you, you, you guys are all gonna laugh at me. Uh,
2: I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. You guys are gonna laugh at me. And-
1: Probably take it, But I kind of came at this from the same perspective that Ian kind of talked about in the, in the concept of it should be kind of a, a team award. And what Montreal's doing, it just, like, honestly, I, I'm, again, a huge fan of what they, they've been doing. I think uh, either you give it to Joel Waterman or you give it to Kamal Miller. And, uh, like, I'm just fine with that. Like, honestly, I, I really am. Uh, they're maybe co-MVPs or MVP dep- Defensive Player of the Year. Um, just what they're doing right now with the defensive work. I mean, that's that's what I would, that's who I would go with right now. I just think Montreal's that good. Maybe it's just their ta- maybe it's partly their tactics that that help them. But uh, yeah, that's how I feel.
2: Okay.
0: I, I will also, I will say my my left field name, and I picked a center back because I think the voters will pick a center back. But my left field name is Kai Wagner. I think he's yeah. legit this year. If, yeah. if he's so attacking
1: wouldn't... forward that's it's hard to differentiate with his contributions from defensive to attacking though right well this,
0: this is why i think it's like he is the best like if we're talking about impact in terms of attacking things like he's done a lot and they're really good is he gonna win it no but as a left field pick i think it's
1: well, i see I like like if a if I didn't want to be different, Jack Elliott. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on Jack Elliott. I think Jack Elliott's so good, and I, I I think he absolutely like it's not gonna break my heart at all. Same with Walker Zimmerman. He's he's super good. I don't think it would break my heart to see it. Matt Hedges, uh, like Hedges has really grown as an attacker and as a as a ball playing center back. Like that's really grown in the last two three seasons. Uh, so uh, I'm uh, I'm fine with that. I think it's kind of a good settling pick. But uh, like, honestly, if if we're all straight, I think Jack Elliott's going to win, and I, I'm glad that he wins. I don't that's not going to give me any heartburn.
2: All right, I like it. Let's uh, shift a little bit further back on the field here, and we've got a kind of an interesting field this year for goalkeeper of the year, I think. Um, but really, this is going to come down to, in my opinion, how many minutes do you have to play to be goalkeeper of the year? Georgie
0: deserves it. Yeah.
2: I yeah. Agree. So, first of all, where did this guy come from? Serbia. Um. I mean, <laughs> you <laughs> do don't expect again.
1: it. Can he do, Can we pause? Can we? Do, can you do that again for us?
0: I. I. I'm all Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: that's that's. a really good impression. Sorry. Uh, go well, ahead. Uh, to Any of our Serbian listeners out there? Uh, no. <laughs> the. Uh, I would say, um, you know, it's very strange for a team to get rid of Matt Turner and then get better at goalkeeper. It's not something I really expected to happen. Um, not only is he our best goalkeeper by goals added, not only is he the best goalkeeper of the year in just 1,969 minutes, just under that 2,000 minute mark. Um, for G minus XG, that's the best goalkeeper season in our entire in our entire data set. That's really, really good. It's nuts. <laughs> can, can
0: like, we, I don't know. Can
2: we,
1: can we, can we talk about one extra thing along with that yeah. 5% it just it, according to the, the website, only 6% of that XG is from headers
2: yeah he's which doing this in my and mind very... makes it
1: even more difficult all right that's my mind i'd be interested in knowing uh kieran i'd be really interested in know what you think about that because there's a huge difference like he his header percentage on shots is so far below everyone else with at least 1500 minutes I, i'm curious what you take from that
0: yeah so like for those of you, who, for the listeners who don't know, I used to play as a goalkeeper and was a goalkeeper coach before I said, "I hate goalies. So I'm going to go coach players." Um, but when I've looked at when I've looked at uh, goalkeeper XG over and under performance, mostly sparked by the fact that I'm a Chelsea supporter who was very upset at Kepa being terrible, mm-hmm. is that most of goalkeeper history over and under performance comes from penalties. 1v1s and quote-unquote big chances it's just very difficult to build enough over or under performance from like low quality shots because you can save 20 long shots and it's still only like 0.6 expected goals it's like okay yes you shouldn't have conceded any of them um and the thing with Petrovic is like it's everything there's penalty saves there's 1v1s there's volleys offset pieces there's cutbacks there's everything and you watch the clips technically and the guy is so balanced and so composed and so like all the bad habits that again there's there's some goalkeepers in mls who are very good goalkeepers but have like really terrible habits technically and he's just really really solid and i look at it and i'm like i just don't i don't care about 1900, 1900 minutes like I just I to me it's like like if somebody picks Andre Blake fine Philly were great Andre Blake had a great year somebody picks Stuver Stuver had a solid year I, but I look at it and I'm like this is if a striker came in in June and scored 20 goals I don't think he would win MVP yeah but like New England should be last they should not even like be close to. I think they might. I don't. I th- they might still be alive. I don't know. Maybe not. But they, they should just be got this week. They just got eliminated this weekend. But they should be. La- they should be last. Like add twelve goals to their goals conceded and tell me where they are.
2: They're not good. I'll tell you that. Crazy. Um, yeah. I think- so I think with this, like, you have a sort of. Um, because with this particular, like the stats that we kind of look at when we're talking about this G minus XG, um, the fact that he's done that in less time is actually more impressive in a way.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm so I'm what I'm kind of confused about now. And so there's Burnley used to have this thing where no matter what goalkeeper they played, their goalkeeper would smash expected goals, and there were like these videos and Sean Dice did these these interviews and people who worked there talked about how. The way they defended, they would like set up to block shots from um, to block the sides of the goal. So like if they cleared a corner when they would go close down, they wouldn't try and block the shot. They would just try and block half of the goal. And I was like, oh, okay, that's like a cool thing that you would be able to kind of spoof your ex conceded like that. okay, whatever. Fine. Suppress. yeah. And so I'm like, okay, maybe. There's like some shenanigans going on. Like Matt Turner smashed this like three years in a row. The guy they they replace him with is also amazing. Like how likely is that? But then I look and I look at like, for example, I look at the stats bomb model. Stats bomb model has information on where all the defenders are. If the defenders are blocking the sides of the goal, maybe Bruce Arena had listened to a Sean Dage interview, I don't know. Their model will see that. Right, where okay, maybe ours doesn't. The stats model is almost identical to ours. It says he saved 10 goals above expected, ours says 11. So I look at it and I'm like, there's no spoof. He's just amazing.
2: Yeah. Now, I, I will, will say that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I just want to point out that New England does lead the league and block shots. Uh, so that is kind of an interesting theory. Uh, but that being said, they also have like the most shots against.
2: Yeah, you know, and that that certainly will I mean if you're a decent goalkeeper like that can certainly help uh, that set out too I mean just through sheer like opportunity and clearly if he's getting that many in that that many minutes you know he's facing a he's facing a lot so this,
0: um, the, the, I would say that the... I
2: don't I don't think that Petrovic is going to actually win this year uh, just because we saw this similar thing happen with Matt Turner a couple years ago um, and the overall sort of, Um, narrative was that, you know, he just, he didn't play enough, you know? Um, So that being said, let's take Petrovic who should win it and is my pick for goalkeeper of the year. And I think all of our pick for goalkeeper of the year Uh, you're left with what Andre Blake, Ivochic, Stuver? like like, who's your guy that you think is going to actually carry the votes this year?
0: Uh, I will just say the last comment and then I will answer your question is it's we were talking about this on Slack today about, like, should you discount goalkeeper expected goals saved on a per shot basis? And mm. I think this, like, one of the interesting things we talked about was doing it on um, a per XG basis. So in our tables, you can go and look at that, and I'm pretty sure Petrovic is the best in terms of per XG as well. Putting that aside, uh, like, I think it's just going to be Andre Blake. Like, I think Philly yeah. smashed it. He smashed the expected goals. And I think the the kind of MLS Journalist media sphere is pretty XG friendly, so like I think that'll turn up. I don't think even Chich- I don't think Portland have been good enough. I'll pick Stuver just because like people like Austin for some reason, but like my guess is it'll be Blake.
2: Yeah, Harrison.
1: Yeah, you know I was I was gonna defend uh, Andre Blake, but since you went ahead and did that, uh, I'll I'll defend Stuver instead because uh, I think it's there's an easy case for Stuver as well, and that's just simply their defense is terrible. Like uh, you know, it it it's one thing for the amount of uh, shots on target that uh, that Philly had. I mean, they, they didn't have a lot, but um, retrospectively, like Austin had a lot of shots on target uh, against. And on top of that, you know, Stuver was called into action. A, I mean, it's it's a huge impact. Yeah, okay, he doesn't have the numbers quite as much for like the xG um, total, but I mean he's also saving a lot more high valuable uh shots and stuff so i, I don't know i th- i i think there's there's some give and take there uh i would i would go with stuber just because i feel like he made a bigger impact to his team uh just because of how bad that defense is andre blake had uh you know kai wagner he had uh um jack elliott he had just he had he had so many uh people in front of him uh you know he had martinez as well i mean it's just it such a great like philadelphia team and then. Uh, what can you really say like, about Austin defensively? Uh, Austin kind of struggled defensively. You know, it was their attack that carried them through a lot of that? Um, so uh, I don't know. I, I would go, I would go Team Stuver on that one. That's that's just me personally. But uh, it's really great to see Andre Blake uh, potentially win an award that he actually um, has like some valid, you know, fact <laughs> in his favor. Whereas you know, a couple years ago he won it and he was by far one of the worst. You know, analytical, you know,
2: keepers. Like, yeah. Well, it was one of his. It it was only. It was like one of his few seasons where he had no business being in that conversation. That was the year he actually won. Yeah. Um, Which is just classic MLS goalkeeper of the year stuff. So. Um, Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's move on to a little more uh philosophical uh thing here, and let's talk about who your MLS Manager of the Year is. Um, I think you know let's I'm just gonna go ahead and say some names I think it's gonna be uh on the the final list i think it's it's gonna be kind of between Curtin, Chirondolo. um you know i I think one of those two will probably wind up winning just because the coach that you know those are usually the kind of guys that end up winning um certainly sharon you know l a f c very impressive when the supporter shield uh first year um a lot of good lot of good vibes and narratives about that um curtain you know i think Philadelphia kind of have become the latest uh, darlings of MLS and uh, people are really finally starting to recognize him. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that there are some other picks and I, I know um, my personal guy, and I assume it's the same for um, Kieran, just based on what he said earlier, you know, it would, would be Nancy. Um, I think he's just done, done the most with the least. And um, to my mind, that is what makes a, a good coach of the year. Um, but, but how do you, how do you kind of define this award?
0: Here, here's my my Nazi spiel because I think All there's, right. I really don't think there's anyone worth talking about outside of those three names. Like, maybe you could say Wolf from Austin, but again, like they're never going to get anything from us because we don't think they're real. So, if you think they're real, great. Like, I'm sure you can find something to talk about with Wolf, but you probably won't Wolf hear it ball from baby us um to me with Nancy there's like three clear things one is that before he came in Montreal were bad mm-hmm. this is like the reality of the situation was two years ago Montreal were bad like close to bottom of the league so okay fine you've taken them somewhere and now they're like clearly very good a lot of times that comes all oh, we went about a 10 million dollar Argentinian attacking midfielder. they didn't they have one dp they have one designated player, and it's, like, a Kenyan defensive midfielder who never scored goals and was, like, kind of washed. He's, like, in his 30s. Like, that's, to me, and their, like, big money signings are, like, a Canadian hardworking defensive fullback and, like, a guy they plucked out of CPL. And, uh, and they, like, took a punt on a homegrown kid saying, like, yeah, we're going to bet that you can you can be worth the contract we're going to give you. And the club that developed you doesn't think you're worth that with Georgie. And yeah. so I think to me, I look at that and I look, they have like a clear identity. They do not care about we're going to play aggressive, attacking, attractive football. Like they don't care. They're like, we're going to defend and we're going to counter. because That's what we can do well. And to do all that with like the mishmash of attacking talent and, and like, you've got, Kai Kamara is still a useful squad contributor to them to me it's like if he doesn't win it like I look at their squad and I'm like he's probably not going to get a chance to win it next year and then I look and, and I I compare to Curtin and I think I think Curtin has already won it before and Curtin would be very deserving he's done a really good job Chirondolo like Kind of walked into like one of the most talented teams of all time, and like, yes, he won the supporter shield, but like, okay, you deserve to win the supporter shield. So, I don't know. I just look at and I think 62 points or whatever they're on now, where if Philly drop points and Montreal win the last week of this season, Montreal win the East.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Is, yeah.
0: Like that. I just look at that and I'm like, that's this is ridiculous. Look at their squad. Look at their squad compared to these other teams, and there's like, again I like TFC came 14th or 13th or whatever and I look at the Montreal roster and if you're like go 11 for 11 which players would you swap for there's like two yeah and Montreal have 32 more points than Toronto yeah so
2: I don't... yeah yeah it's pretty open and shut for me um I don't know Harrison what's what's your take
1: no I th- I think you covered it pretty well with with Nancy but I will say uh, I, I'm kind of offended right now with the fact that you said that those are the only three because honestly, my number two, uh, is, uh, who I think is really close, and, and again, Jim Curtin winning it, dude is, is obviously coaching a class team and has done an amazing job over the last uh, over the last what five, six years that he's been there, seven years, that he, uh, like he's been there forever. Who knows? But he's done this consistently. He's melded his coaching uh, coaching ability over the last few years uh, to go from a high press team to uh, a, a mid press team back to high press. Like he's he's coached all sorts of different uh, variants of uh, of this Philadelphia team. So he's obviously just a, an absolutely class coach, and he deserves to win it. Um, but for me, the real story is Pat Noonan. Uh, Pat Noonan has basically taken a team that like honestly their biggest signing was this off season was Junior Mourinho maybe um, mm. Dominic the, uh they, they Yeah they, no they they
0: bought they bought like a a Nigerian DP defensive midfielder and yeah. they spent 12 million dollars on Brenner well two years I take your I take your I
1: take your well, point, two, two, two right, years yeah. ago they did you're right you're right they told they 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 invest in this team but for the last eighteen, well, uh, last three years, this team's been awful. It doesn't yeah, matter I, how much money they've poured into it over the last three years, they've been awful. They've been the worst team in in MLS, honestly, expansion history. They went, they got twenty points last year. Twenty
2: points. Yeah. I mean and they've they're, been
1: they're a. are they are forty six point team this year that if they win that's that's almost a 30 point difference which is on par with what nancy's done for for with montreal now granted montreal went from being about where cincinnati is this year to being a pushing for that eastern conference i mean hell let's let's just say philadelphia loses and montreal wins like montreal takes that number one seed that's that's unthinkable how good montreal has and i am all about nancy but like Pat Noonan deserves to be in that to be mentioned there because he's improved Cincinnati so much with really very little roster turnover. They went from being a terrible team to a good team with basically the entire the, the entirety of that squad being there he is He has given i mean sometimes it's just about giving guys a chance. He let Brandon Vincent get on the field. Like that in and of itself just makes him coach of the year in my opinion. After coach, after coach, after coach just kept him on the sidelines. It just it's mind-boggling, and he found a way to bring Brenner in and and to kickstart that. I mean, let's let's say what he's been he's been for the last 18 months. He's been a bust, and all of a sudden now he's kicking on, all, all, you know, on all cylinders. You know that's that doesn't just happen because you know uh, you, you allow the guy some some space to play um, there. There's something going on behind the scenes. And I think that Pat Noonan obviously should be getting some love. Uh, I I have some doubts about Steve Trundolo. I feel like, um, and, and it's probably unfair of me, but I feel like that uh, a lot of that stuff was set up for him before he, came, him coming in. I, I really don't give LAFC that much credit uh, as a coaching staff. And that's probably unfair of me. I'm just letting you guys know my bias. <laughs> but uh you know i i think at this stage uh it, it's it's those te- three teams in the eastern conference for me uh, as far as who's my
2: 1 2 and 3 yeah and i mean i have i have Noonan in my my list here i have i have uh five coaches Noonan and Estevez was the other one i have i thought was a really outside shot but another guy oh I that's that no,
1: really, that's a good shot that's a, that's a really good shot That just
2: shot. came in and really improved the team but um yeah i think you know the voters are probably gonna go with trend or curtain and uh you know personally it, it's 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 nancy for me so uh but yeah no no disrespect to newton like i said he's he's in my he's in my list here um yeah
0: i have disrespect to newton no he deserves
2: it. He, <laughs> no
0: you, you know i i don't think i i quite realized like just how few points they put up last year like a 26 point turnaround is a lot
2: yeah no, it's been remarkable. They like, they were literally a punchline for years, and now they're beating th- teams. They're good. I think
0: like even with being like a playoff team this year, they still have the worst record of all time. Like they just crossed one point per game for their history.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, they yeah, they not made above twenty four points. Like what previous? Yeah. I can't believe the fact that they smashed their 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 previous. Uh, record for points in a season and they did so like in
2: the middle of the season like it, it, it's kind of crazy so yeah that, that really does tell you all you need to know about their <laughs> turnaround. so they're, they're a great story i yeah I, I i think it's gonna be someone else i think i'd vote for someone else but i would not be mad if pat Newton won i would not be the slightest bit upset
1: and keep in mind they're not necessarily a playoff team just yet they have one game left that uh, a winner a draw would get them in but uh, yeah. they, they they lose and, you know, Charlotte wins a couple of games uh, that that game specifically that you mentioned between uh, them and Columbus, which is going to be a weird game. It's, it's going to get hairy. It's going to be really hairy. It's going to be fun to watch.
2: All right, let's move on to the spiciest of all conversations. Now, actually, I think this one's pretty straightforward, too, but this is um, always an interesting discussion because. Most Valuable Player is a award that means different things to different people. And um, I really hate that they call it MVP, Most Valuable Player, because it gets you kind of a way to not just give it to the best player, which is what I think you should be doing. I, I think that's a good award to hand out, best player. Um, because you can kind of I've heard people say, well, the most valuable player to his team is blank, and therefore he is the most valuable player, which I think is nonsense. But it's something you're going to hear even as we talk, you know, you read people and the various journalists, various fans, you know, they're going to talk about that um, as this award decides. So what does MVP mean to you, Kieran?
0: MVP to me means I go to transfermarket.com. Mm hmm. And I look up MLS market values and see Lorenzo Insigne, twenty-two million dollars. That is my MVP.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's no better, there's no better criteria than that. Uh, He is literally total football just just
1: DOS the entire site. I'm ninety percent certain. So no one's ever going to hear this now ever again. So
2: thank you for that. Uh, so, all right. I'm going to say some players here. I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to wrap this up a little bit quicker because because we went a little long on some of those, which is great. Uh, but here's here's my, my list. I think I have six players here that should be reasonably considered. Um, Mukhtar, uh Sifuentes, uh, Gazdag, Acosta. And maybe if you're really like, I just think there is a case for Carlos Hill. I don't I think it's a good case, but but I think he's going to be there kind of in that. Um, I think he's maybe in that top five, top six, maybe Jesus, or uh, Jesus Ferreira, uh, maybe him. I don't know. Um, I think this is just Mukhtar, clear. I, I think he just checks all the boxes for it. Um, I think he's the best player in the league. I think he's the best player for his team. I think he's the most valuable player to his team. I think he's statistically, like, he's just at the top of our XG plus XA. Our goals added. 23 goals six assists granted some penalties in there uh but can someone convince me it's not mukhtar no
0: no I I think I said in the last time we potted like uh mukhtar has over 50 percent of Nashville's uh ex- like actually ex- he's either taken the shot or created the shot over 50 percent of the time mm-hmm. and but like, that's that's including minutes when he doesn't play like, that's not just only when he's on the field. That is all the time. Um, and that's just, like, a frankly ridiculous number. I think you your point of saying I hate that it's called MVP and not just best player is an interesting one. Because if you ask me who's the best player in MLS is, I think it's Cifuentes. Yeah. But I think when we're talking about MVP, we could, like, transfer – we could, like, football manager editor Cifuentes to Leeds or something – and LAFC would still be, like, a top three team in the East, I think. If we transfer editor Annie Mukhtar to, like, the Bundesliga, Nashville would be, like, 12th in the West.
2: Yeah. Um, I know that what we're going to get a lot of... Or what I think the pushback on is just going to be Drusy, who I, I we have a complicated relationship with, and I don't want to like this is not even analytically like a garbage season by any stretch of the imagination. Like seventeen point two one xG plus xA um, goals added does, does not care for him, uh, but twenty one goals, five assists. Uh, I mean, Mctar's even got better counting stat. Like I, I I just I can't I can't give it to Drusy. Like even you if want, I'm trying, you want me to do it? You want me to do it? Yeah, go, go for it.
1: All right, so let's, let's – we a couple of years ago, like Matthias threw this up here on the website, and that's points added. He threw points out, added, you know, expected points through scoring goals. How many points did he add to the team, and how many difference uh, were those goals impacting, right? And technically, Drew his goals impacted – ATX greater than Nashville and Mukhtar. Now, yeah, Mukhtar has more counting stats, but you could argue that Drusy has and Austin's season has been had a higher impact based off of uh when Drusy scored and when he's uh had assists and stuff like that. There's there's an argument. Uh especially when you bring value into it that Drury is has been the bigger figure in that context now uh that's just me playing devils advocate it's absolutely Hanif M- Mukhtar um and, and i i think it's Mukhtar regardless of whether or not you make it best player uh, available because uh i mean you already said it's it just he gets transferred to Leeds and okay, they keep ticking. Uh, there's a part of me that thinks Sefantes is as good as what he is is because he's in the LAFC system. And I hate to say that and I hate to like disregard what he's done because his growth and, and, and finally uh, achieving what what he kind of, what, what people thought when he could, uh, when he was acquired by them um, is really exciting. It's really awesome to see it's cool to see LAFC continue to grow younger players as they come into the into their squad make that shift from being okay that quasi bench role player to starter to just being a huge impact player for that team and that's amazing for that for that franchise and for that organization and that speaks to so many different things working well for them yeah but if they move him out like, honestly, how much do they really lose? Hey, I, think
2: they, you know? I think they probably lose something. I mean, that's a
1: – Yeah, they, so they right. lose something. You're <laughs> right. But how much? Are they still a playoff team? Yeah, probably.
2: I mean, who's right. behind him? I mean, that's your question. I don't know. Like, we would have thought they would have lost a lot with Hattu but then here's Sifuentes. I mean, like, it, it's it, – I I don't know. I, I think he's just – yeah. I, I have to – like, I'm, I'm with Kyrie. Like, if, if – not MVP, certainly one of the top players – in the league, and and just you know, remarkable players. So, um, but yeah, it, it's it is what it is. It's McTar. We 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 can't talk about this as much as we'd like, unfortunately, because we're right out of time. But uh, all right, it sounds like let's just uh, our our ASA show end of year season awards defender of the year Jack Elliott, coach of the year, uh, Wilfred Nancy, goalkeeper of the year Petrovich, and MVP Mukhtar. Mctar. We good with that, yeah. All right, we don't get an official ballot, I don't think, uh, still. So uh, if you're listening, uh, MLSsoccer.com, those are our votes. Tally them up. Put them in there. Uh, Let's play trivia. What do you got for us, Kieran?
0: I have six questions, as always. Um, I will say the six questions are the four awards we discussed, as well as Young Player of the Year and Referee of the Year. So (laughs) those those are your topics. All right. I will say, as Joel Waterman is currently our reigning back-to-back champion, mm. I will let you mm. pick your first question, Harrison.
1: Let's go. Let's go with the MVP player of the year.
0: Oh pick a number. You don't get to know whether it's MVP. Oh, I,
1: oh, I don't. I'm sorry. I'd, all right. I'd, oh, dang. I'd
0: be, I'd, be I'd, <laughs> I'd, be open, I'd be open to that. Back-to-back
2: champion. Unbelievable.
0: I'd be open to that.
2: Let's
0: let's let's go with three. It would have been so good if you picked the MVP question anyway. Yeah, I really
2: you
0: uh, Okay. <laughs> Defenders are often the on-field generals for their respective teams. Since 1996, there have been 20 unique winners to win the Defender of the Year Award. How many of those players are actively employed as professional coaches, according to their Wikipedia page? This is our over-under question. So, Ian, I will let you pick the over-under. How many of those 20 are currently working as a coach? And Harrison, you can say over or under.
2: Is this head coach?
0: Uh, No, I have included assistant coaches.
2: Okay. I'm going to say nine. Under. It was eight.
0: Oh,
1: Wow, that's a lot more than what I thought. That's a lot more
0: than I thought. Mm, so I there's like five right still playing yeah um kubik who won it in like 97 is a u.s national team assistant robin fraser's at colorado peter Vermes is at skc jimmy conrad is coaching usl league two team which i did not know
1: oh i did not know that about conrad okay dang okay
0: homison, homison olave is the monarchs head coach oh uh, mm-hmm. and isn't he oh no he's not Laurent Simon is an assistant for Montreal, and Ike Opara is an assistant for SKC, too.
1: I didn't know Oh, that's seven.
0: Okay. seven, not eight. Seven is still under nine, but there you go. There that's you go. still that's All still
1: uh, more than what I would have guessed. I didn't know that about uh, Simon or
0: uh, Opara, so there you go.
2: Me, me, me neither. There was a lot of Wikipedia clicking today.
0: Great Alrighty, 2-0 to Mr. Crow.
2: Uh, Okay, give me question five.
0: Question five. This is our Young Player of the Year question. While MLS has certainly become a league for the young, the Young Player of the Year award fills a special place for the stars of tomorrow. With Jesus Ferreira likely pipping the award ahead of Magno or another international talent, he will be only the fifth homegrown player to win the award. Name two of the previous four.
2: Jordan Morris.
0: That is indeed one of them.
2: Oh, I just got a big blank here. All right, Harrison, can you steal it? Can you come up with one more? I cannot. Rookie who of the Year won- is one of these I just I completely Who won it that. last year? <laughs> this is a great question. I don't remember who won it last year. Who was a
0: striker who scored lots of goals but maybe wasn't that good and That's now plays player's. in Europe? and oh peppy there you go ricardo peppy Corey baird jordan morris and andy nahar
1: i was i andy was leaning nahar. towards Corey baird oh damn oh i thought no no i thought maybe that oh i should have just guessed it oh that's okay well, you'll,
2: you'll, you'll will, probably still you, win harrison
0: i will give you one point for jordan morris so it is two one two
2: hey listen well. getting on the board for me that's a, that's an improvement we'll take it harrison which
0: question would you like
2: uh we, is four available i didn't hear what number he said
1: four is available
0: and four is our mvp question
1: there it is
0: with the mvp award almost certainly going to one of Hani Mukhtar or sebastian driussi it will continue an extensive streak of international attackers to win the award who was the last domestic player so american or canadian to win the award i i canadian I,
1: I, I'm pretty sure I looked at. I actually looked at this today, just because I, I was looking. I think it's Mike McGee, but I don't remember if it Canadian it's had won totally it. It's Mike
2: McGee. Yeah. 20. Is it? Is it Mike McGee? Is that your official final answer?
1: It's Mike McGee. Is my? That's my. That's my final. I'm get, gonna get burned. It's gonna be somebody from Canada, isn't it?
0: It is indeed Mike McGee. Oh yeah. hell yeah!
1: 2013. Oh, like,
0: yeah, I'll go fire like, Mike yeah. McGee.
1: You threw the, Canada, the the Canada out there, and I I I spaced. My poor, <laughs> uh, poor think, Frank Yallop has got to be so you know disappointed in
2: me. There's like, it... yeah, wasn't that like a period where it was like Rosario, Wando, and then McGee? Yeah,
0: it's D, I think it's D-Row, and then someone international and then Wando, Mike McGee, and then all internationals.
2: Wow, good job, good job. Good, good Four pull to pull one, Mister Car, you pull are there. killing this.
0: I,
1: I, I looked at the list today already, so uh, I, that's the only reason why I remembered – Mac because I was like, Mike McGee won an MVP award? Well, that's weird. That was, that was exactly
0: uh, my reaction as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was that year that he just absolutely played outside of like his
2: body. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I do remember that year. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with question number one.
0: All righty. Question number one. While there have been some deserving goalkeeper of the year award winners like mm-hmm. Matt Turner in 2021, mm-hmm. we also know that there have been some very undeserving award winners like Andre Blake in 2016, who came dead last in goals minus expected goals, who was second least deserving. Zach Steppen. I don't. Th- that's not what I have.
2: Okay, I was co- I was hoping that my confidence would make it right. Yeah, you
0: you really <laughs> threw so quickly i was like wait have i looked this up wrong but 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 as of right now no that is that is not
2: the correct answer okay all right i don't know
0: uh harrison would you like to steal
1: zach stefan would have been my answer too so real fast I'm, i'm thinking about who's won it it's and, also ASA-only
0: data set, just to be clear, so
1: there's no for sure, 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 sure. Uh, uh, man, I'm so bad at at, uh, at award winners, and the ones that I can think of...
2: Oh, uh, can I come back?
1: Yeah, go for it. Uh, double steal it.
2: Can I, like, can we do a double steal? Is it, like, who's... The, um, it was... Uh, what's his name? He uh, Minnesota. Minone.
0: Oh. I also have it as not Minone. Wow!
2: Well, then I don't know. I this person was eyes.
0: third. This person was third worst in the entire league. Uh, it was Luis Robles in 2014, uh, 2015 I wouldn't have oh. guessed
2: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very.
0: I was very surprised as well. Because um, I for sure thought it would be Manone. Yeah.
2: Right.
0: But it was not. Uh, All
2: right, you're up, Harrison.
0: You have two Fresh. and six. Let's go six. Ah, this is my favorite question. Oh, no. Sylvie Petrescu hung up his cards this year. Uh, The former 2012 MLS Referee of the Year works as a what? It's his part-time day job because of the flexibility it gives him around refereeing.
1: Oh, no. Is he like a daytime trader?
0: He's not a daytime trader.
2: I can't even I know some of them are lawyers. I don't think he is though.
0: I'm giving nothing away.
2: Yeah, I don't even have a guess. Like I, I I'm just gonna say some sort of like patent attorney.
0: <laughs> Sylvia Petrescu is a taxi driver.
2: A taxi driver? Okay. Imagine
0: rocking up to the airport in Ontario. Sylvie Petrescu picks you up from the airport. I
2: don't know what i'd even say i mean, i would be shocked yeah that would be very surprising <laughs> um, uh, you, i believe be a, i be think Ismail my is the one is didn't they say that he isn't he the one like he didn't he like like his first game was like in the inaugural mls season
0: potreski has been refereeing a really long time he did like there there used to be a a, a, a semi-professional league in canada called the csl that like maradona played a friendly in or something but i played Mm in it as a teenager before i went defunct for match fixing and like petrescu did the championship game in that league before not that i'm insinuating anything but like the guy's been refereeing a really long time
2: you know it's uh no i was thinking of kevin stott also just retired he was he's been around for a very long time too um we gotta we should know these referees names more maybe or maybe not because some fans might try to dox them Wow. Yeah, probably not great. Probably not great. All right. All right, uh, last question. What's my last question? Give it to me. Uh,
0: since its inception as the Coach of the Year Award in 1996, the Siggy Schmidt Coach of the Year Award has been won multiple times by exactly four coaches. Name all four. I'll give you one point for each. So if you get all four of these, you win.
2: Well, that would be a really fun thing. Okay, I mean, uh, you're not saying just since they renamed it, right?
0: No, no, no. In the entirety since 1996.
2: Okay. There are four, there
0: are four people.
2: Four people. Cool. Uh, okay, it's got to be Bob Bradley. That is correct. Bruce Serena. That is correct. Um, boy, uh, Shiggy Schmidt.
0: There's your tie. Now for the winner. I, uh, um, can, can I, can I uh, Harrison, can I give go him for. a hint
2: yeah, for give his, give
0: his, a his name has been said on this podcast during the trivia section
2: during the trivia section, it is just not coming to me. Um, wait a minute is it <laughs> it's, it's gallop
1: it is indeed frank yallop. Yes! Oh, God. yes yes <laughs> nice congratulations i it needed the assist but I, i'll it take it i will take
0: frank it Gallop. yeah siggy won it twice bob's won it three times bruce's won it four times and frank yallop has won it twice
2: amazing amazing wow what a great segment i love it <laughs> <on the show. laughs> Well, you're back. Thank you for you're the, uh, thank
0: the, you for these. You're back on the board.
2: Back on the board, finally. Frank Yallop. who would have thought? Um, all right, that is all we have for you this uh, this week uh, from the American Soccer Analysis Show. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to my uh, co-host, uh, Harrison Crow. You can find him on Twitter at Harrison underscore pro. You can find Kieran Doyle on Twitter at Kier Doyle, K-I-E-R Doyle. You can follow American Soccer Analysis on Twitter uh, at Analysis Evolved. Visit our Patreon page if you want to support what we do around here. Uh, that's patreon.com slash American Soccer Analysis. And for just $5 a month, you can join us in our uh, – patreon only discord where lots of secret amazing uh wonderful conversations about the secrets the hidden secrets of soccer occur uh we're gonna solve soccer in that discord and you can be part of it for just five dollars a month and you get to support us it's win-win uh visit the website www.americansocceranalysis.com our tables are always there we've got articles going up this week i can promise you that playoff projections more exciting stuff on the way Uh, Thank you once again for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. We'll see you next time. And until then, enjoy the soccer. i e